0: From Commons Church and the Commons Podcast Network, this is Between Sundays, a conversation about finding the sacred in the everyday. I'm your host, Bobby Sockold. Years ago, a good friend of mine said that I should preference Jay-Z's book over Tina Fey's book. I think they came out around the same time. Now, to be clear, I love Tina Fey's book, Bossy Pants, especially in audiobook format. It is so good. Get into it. But my friend was right in a way, because while I loved Tina Fey's book, Jay Z's book, Decoded, changed my life. It changed how I listened to music, especially hip hop and rap. It changed how I thought about culture. It changed how I read the Bible. And at the time, I was a seminary student working on a master's degree in divinity. So in that context, you wouldn't think I needed a new teacher in a chorus of super smart theology professors to tell me what's what. Except I did. I needed a voice from the margins that found a way to take up more space. I needed poetry and sass. I needed rebellion and liberation. Poetry and culture are just some of the things I talked to Emmanuel Simon about in this Between Sundays conversation. Now we do talk about that Jay-Z book, but we also get into the places we come from and the places we are going, live performance, family devotion, and all kinds of cultural connections. Also, Emmanuel, AKA Oliver Throne, reads a couple of his poems and they are glorious. All right, let's get into it. Welcome to Between Sundays. Welcome to the conversation. So, welcome. Thank you for being here.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you the, for having me.
0: So, uh, let's chat a little bit about how our paths cross at Shad's show. Yeah. <laughs> which is always, I always really like being out and about in the city and people seeing me sort of out of context. I call it like being a pastor in the wild. Like, mm-hmm. people are like, whoa, what is she doing here? <laughs> like, we're not used to that. But it was a great show. Yeah. It was it's really great. fun to look around the room and see other commons people there. Yeah. Did you like the show?
2: I loved it. I still think about it, actually. What do you think
0: about when you think of it?
2: I really enjoy energy at shows. Mm. Actually, I I really enjoy just energy in general, Mm because I'm, like, very low energy most of the time. So I need other people to, like, hype me up. (gasps) And so going to shows, I am, like, a show enthusiast. In, like, 2015, I went to, like, 14 shows, like in half the year. Really? And in November alone okay. I usually go to like 3 or 4. Wow. Like every week, yeah, usually a show, show, a week. show 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 show. Yeah, f- and
0: shad is a pro. He is. <laughs> at that. I mean, he's a pro in every yeah. part of what he offers. Yeah. But that ability to like interact with people.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. is really beautiful. I know him from my Vancouver life just in like a much smaller scale of just like Mm -hmm. two of us having a coffee and hanging out. So seeing this person that I know it has this like professional creative thing, doing that is delightful. So it was so fun to see people and Mm -hmm. to see you there. Recently, I told my sister-in-law that I, she was asking about the podcast and I said, oh, I have uh, these conversations and I'm having this conversation with Emmanuel from my community who uh, also goes by the name Oliver Throne. And she's in creative spaces, art spaces here in Calgary. And she had just heard of you or seen you or I don't even remember what it was, but I was like, what? Like in a very different context, you know, here was this person saying, oh, I know that person. So that was very cool. Nice. So here we are. Those are some of the connections. Uh, if you were to introduce yourself, I mean, I just mentioned that you have a couple of names, even Emmanuel. Mm-hmm. What's your surname? Simon. It is Simon. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes is it written differently?
2: Uh, on Facebook, when I was like <laughs> 18, I added an accent to the I. <laughs> Cause I'm like Simon, such like a basic name, so I just wanted to be cool. Okay. but yeah, just Emmanuel. Okay, Simon. okay.
0: I wonder if on, on our like database there it was also a little bit different, and I thought hmm. I think it's Simon, but I don't want to say it incorrectly. But I
2: most people. Oh, Emmanuel don't think Heron. my real name is my real name
0: yeah <laughs> and then you go by another name yeah professionally in your creative world yeah
2: whenever i'm on mic i guess on mic throne yeah
1: oliver but throne. yeah
2: i'll always introduce myself as emmanuel most people though always like call me um, oliver which is it's kind of weird to me <sighs> yeah. but it's because like i don't typically introduce myself as that unless i'm doing a show right right so they, that's like the only space they'll know me as yeah so i'm like and it's Slack. a first
0: name so yeah. why wouldn't it be your name exactly
2: you know? but like i prefer if you're gonna call me by my my artist name just say the full name all i'll say own. the whole thing yeah because you're not Oliver. exactly no so can
0: you break it down for me a little yes. bit like why that name
2: okay there's a story behind this i love a story this was back in the day you not sound too long like ago. you're so old <laughs> <I know. laughs> <laughs> so it was back when I was in Manitoba I was with my roommate and we were talking about he was he read books like every day like a different book and so he would just read through and then he was reading this series called the Wheel of time and he just finished it and I was like wheel of time like there's 14 books and they're like a thousand pages each and I'm like I want to get into that so he's just telling me about that telling me about Game of Thrones and I'm like okay it's kind of kind of hype And then I found out that the author of Wheel of Time didn't actually use a real name. It was Robert Jordan. And I was
1: mind blown. I'm like, authors do
2: this? Yes. And then I thought, I'm like, wait, C.S. Lewis kind of abbreviated his name, J.K. Rowling. Like, There's so many other artists that do that. And so I thought, if I ever write a book, which I want to one day, I definitely want to have a pen name. And so me and him were just talking. He's like, yeah, I would pick benjamin table or benedict table and i'm like benedict table's sick and i'm like i'd be uh oliver throne he's like yeah and i'm like yeah and then we're like <laughs> done deal <laughs> so it's all because of my roommate kyle so I shout out to you it. he doesn't actually remember the story no
0: way which is a funny thing such an important moment yeah for
2: you. i was like this is momentous but then he's like yeah I was, I was whatever i don't remember it i'm like hurts me <laughs> it's okay he's still my favorite person
0: but isn't beautiful yeah. that a moment could just be for you mm-hmm. like it, uh, that there would be something creative for you in that yeah. moment that is like it doesn't mean anything to the other exactly. person but it was so inf- like yeah it informed you it yeah it formed like a new chapter for you
2: exactly yeah, yeah yeah, and it's it's exactly like how i used to feel when i used to ride my bike just around my neighborhood i'd find a new park and i'm like ah <laughs> and then Two weeks later, everyone else would find the park. And I'm like, I was the first one to find it. Yes. So. And only you know that. And no one's going to believe you. But it's like right. a sacred thing just for you. I love it's, that. It's very similar to me. And I like to ride my bike.
0: I, so. I like any moment that connects. Not that I'm like a ridiculous bike rider. But I think the feeling of riding a bike, especially as a child, oh, yeah. is so... there's like, It's freedom. It's independence. Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah, these are moments... Yeah, it's like some of the first like going away from your family on your own deciding like which way to turn yep. and how it feels like to be in the world just by yourself as a kid.
1: Exactly.
0: I I feel quite nostalgic about bike riding. Me too. In fact, I resisted helmets for a long time. Now I'm a very big like get your helmet on. Really? Yeah, because I liked the it oh. reminded me of like being a child. <laughs> like the wind in my hair on a bike. Yeah. But now I do not want a brain injury from a yeah. bike accident, so I'm always, that's, always that's wearing fair, a That's actually. So, everybody wear your helmets. So, those are some of your names. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emmanuel, Simon, Oliver Thorne. Well, yeah, there's some
2: middle names there in are. there, too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you want to tell us, man?
2: Sure. Okay. My My middle my first one, yeah. comes from my dad, uh, or his dad, my granddad, I guess. Yeah. And I have, like, six siblings with this middle, or six cousins i guess that i met when i was in sudan okay and the middle name is jambu which is it just means hello
0: what (laughs) yeah is that common to have that as a middle name or just in your family
2: no actually i was in saskatoon last week and there was like a whole other family that had like literally all of their siblings had the middle name of jambu (gasps) because their dad was named jambu so all of them were named oh so i'm like sick there's more of us in the world just <laughs> taking over you know
1: it's like yeah.
0: your own unit <laughs> yeah of people whose middle names exactly
2: yeah. i was so Whoa. hyped
0: i love that that's yeah. lovely and yeah. are there other names you yeah the there? other one
2: is sort of a nickname my family calls me okay. just at home yeah and it's just Mita. yeah
0: and what does how do you spell it
2: i actually don't know i've never oh, spelt it out yeah so it's like just i, I see spell meaning? things i don't actually know one person was telling me that mita just means vision or see mm. and i was like cool and then i met someone she goes here mita, mita. i know yeah. that's
0: why i was like is I, it the same I, as mita maybe it could
2: be but i've never like spelled it out or seeked yeah. it it's just like a name that only my siblings and my mom calls and them.
0: is that like when you walk in the door that's who you are
2: yeah, when Major. I'm at home, that's Major. who I am. Yeah. When I'm out with like other people, it's a manual. When yeah. I'm on stage, it's all thrown. <laughs> so, and then once a year, when it's my birthday, someone calls me Jumbo, or my friend Cody, and and, yeah. and all them they call me that too.
0: I didn't know these things about you mm-hmm. until we chatted a little bit in the week. But you were born in Uganda. Yeah, and then you moved to Calgary. Was it right to Calgary at six months? Yep. Yeah. And then, so you're very like Calgarian. (laughs) Yeah. Right?
2: As Calgarian as it gets. Yeah, yeah. truly.
0: Like you're all of your memories.
2: Yeah. mm, Yeah, pretty much all my childhood.
0: It exists here. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Southeast Calgary. Southeast Calgary. Calgary, Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, So can you chat a little bit about what brought your family like at that point in your family's yeah. story.
2: So to... my family, by the time they were going to Uganda, they were already in Congo, where they had my older sister. okay. and so they were already moving a lot and then before that they were in South Sudan. Okay so what was, what, just Sudan, was there, the
0: it was political reason like
2: yeah, there was just a lot of like civil war Unrest, that was going on yeah. for like ever. And so my family moved. well, they stayed in Sudan for a while, like that's when my parents met. had my oldest brother. Then they moved to Congo, had my older sister and then me in Uganda. Wow. So yeah, they they just moved a lot. Yeah. In that area. Yeah. But yeah, it was just mostly war and whatnot.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Cal why Calgary was there Well was a part of
2: From what I remember <clears throat> I think they just got talked to by someone when they're uh somewhere in Uganda and then they're like, Yeah, you guys are going off to Canada somewhere so they just shipped us off and then we ended up in Calgary so I don't think that they really chose it per Mm -hmm. se it was just based off of these immigration people that would come talk to you and I remember talking to other families too my friend Ronnie's parents and I'm like so how did you guys end up here and they said basically the same thing yeah whoever Mm -hmm. uh, one of these political people came to talk to us Mm -hmm. then we knew oh we're going to Canada we're going to Australia we're going to England or something Mm -hmm. so they would just kind of gauge it be like oh Who's gonna come talk to us? Canada. Okay, we're going to Canada, guys. Mm-hmm. No idea what it's like, but we hear they have healthcare. Oh, <laughs> so, wow. yeah, that's. I
0: think that's so hard for people to imagine. Like, even that mm-hmm. snippet, that tiny little section yeah. of a story of people being kind of forced towards immigration and like the lack of, uh, like, autonomy in it like sort of being like well we're moving you we're moving here we're gonna move Mm -hmm. here we're gonna move here like i think we think oh people there's this notion that people would like choose on the map where they want to go yeah and uh, uh, certainly those stories are there but a lot of stories are more yeah sort of you have to like live with the hand that you're dealt
2: yeah and i i follow like a couple refugee things online and whatnot and it seems like a lot of the time it's just out of necessity that they have to move mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i feel like that's sort of in some sense with my family it's like we didn't really want to leave the mm-hmm. land that we call home mm-hmm. but we had to you know and i'm really grateful for all that my mom has done and my dad too just to like bring us here so yeah i think about that kind of stuff yeah. Quite a bit, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's such an interesting part of your and and your siblings too have these like different sections of their sto- of your family story in mm-hmm. very different ways, you know, these mm-hmm. different places of birth. So then you'd have you have how many siblings who were born here? 3. 3, yeah. 3, yeah. yeah. All brothers?
2: Um, the first one after me is old, is a sister, a sister and, and then, then two boys. younger brothers.
0: Okay. And are all and are all of your siblings here in Calgary?
2: Yeah, my brother's in vacation of your okay. right now, but yeah, they all okay, live okay. here.
0: Okay, then, uh, so it, yeah, it's interesting, and, and your mom is here, mm-hmm. but you mentioned that your dad is not. No. And he is?
2: He's in South Sudan, wow. I think. You think? Yeah, I haven't yeah. actually talked to him in like a long, long time. Like years? Uh, Last time I actually spoke to him, was maybe fall of last year before.
0: okay okay
2: yeah almost a year ago and now. is
0: that a complicated relationship very, yeah. very. <laughs> yeah okay so it's not like you're you're not you're not sort of aware of like what he's up to
2: no like you know? my mom informs me just some small things okay. here and there but i've kind of just chosen it to remove myself from that situation mm-hmm. just because mentally i'm like it, it's too much to Kay. to bear some days, yeah. But like I know generally what's going on. Okay. Yeah.
0: And I mean, Sudan is such a, a like it's a, a a place in the world that is undergoing another mm-hmm. layer of unrest and yeah. sort of demand of change. Are you? Do you keep tabs on this? Yeah, mm-hmm. the situation there. I mean, you were just at a a thing in Saskatoon, you yeah, a conference, yeah, here. with other uh, the youth, like youth Sudanese yeah. youth, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's interesting to yeah to wonder about what that's like for you Mm -hmm. Uh, as people say like we want a government that represents us like we ousted this person also the next person we don't want you like you're too in bed with the military or like you are the military like all those levels are so
1: Mm -hmm.
0: it just seems so fraught Um, yes does that what does that do your heart like what is that like
2: it uh it's kind of frustrating because mm-hmm. I'm like, I would really like to go and just explore, like mm-hmm. not just South Sudan, but northern as well. Mm-hmm. But because of there's so much conflict, like you just can't go pitch a tent and hang out. And it sucks because Sudan's actually such a beautiful land. I was blown away by how green it was. You just see, like, all these Instagram videos of how it's just dusty. People are fighting. But when we went, it was, like, so chill. And I'm like, that's the true essence of what Sudan is. And it sucks because now people are only talking about Sudan now when we've been, like, praying and thinking about this for, like, decades. And so... Now, like, I'm not going to lie, it kind of makes, it made me really upset when I seen all these people just change their story, like their little avies to blue. And I'm like, yeah. cool, now y'all are, like, finally listening. Wow. But is this really going to bring any change? You right, know? right,
0: right, right.
2: And the U.N. left, and I'm like, come on, guys. Yeah. Like, why? Like, that's, that's your purpose. So it's really, like, just frustrating, and a lot of, like, my African friends who aren't even from Sudan are in the same boat. They're like, yo this is so frustrating to deal with. And it's just that duality of it's Mm -hmm. frustrating to see because of all these little factors, but it's beautiful also because now Mm -hmm. people know Sudan Mm -hmm. is is like on the map, Mm but we mm -hmm. are actually more than just some kids that are wilding, Mm -hmm. but we actually have reason behind it. Mm -hmm. And we hope, like we're very hopeful people. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And I think that's like the the biggest thing that keeps me like from letting the frustration overcome me. Mm -hmm. Does that answer your question? Totally,
0: totally. I, it, 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 the first sort of word that kind came into my mind as you started talking was like the, the grief of being cut off, hmm. like that to, to want to like connect to this land that, that you come from, but the, hmm. the experience of it being cut off on like yes. so many That's layers. That's a really good way to put it. Yeah. yeah. And like, oh, it, it halts you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like that you like you, that you have the ability and the grace to say, like, this is so frustrating. But also there's hope that mm-hmm. there, there there is a conversation. People are looking uh, to that part of the world mm-hmm. and wondering what will happen there. Uh, what was it like? What was the feeling like to gather at this time with other Sudanese youth?
2: Oh, man. Like
0: with the politics being what they are.
2: Beautiful. Oh. This is the second year that we had it. Okay. So I was like, I have to go. So we went out. It was really, really fun. Yeah. And we didn't actually even really talk about a lot oh. of conflict back home. Hmm. We were just really dwelling in the sense that, wow, we are in a land where we don't have to worry about this. So let's hmm. just celebrate on behalf of those that can't. Oh. And so it was just a lot of dancing. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I saw that in your post. Yeah, it was was so
2: fun. It was a lot of food. Wow. And so we just had a really good time, man. That
0: seems so profound. mm. That place of let's celebrate, not only with those in the room, but as a Mm -hmm. way of being present to something that feels really different than celebration. Yeah. But sort of trying to drag them there, like with you. Yeah. Is that's hopeful? It's kind of mystical. It is, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, uh, <laughs> I could think about those things for a long time, but let's talk a little bit more about your art. Mm. You grew up around art, mm. uh, particularly singing. Mm-hmm. You said that yes. it was like a lot of music yeah. around you. What was what What was that like?
2: It was kind of cool, like yeah. actually not kind of cool. It was really cool. Because back when I lived in the southeast of Calgary, there's just like a lot of immigrants in the east side. Yeah. I was like, this is so cool. Like, I didn't actually say that. I just thought this is what my life is. Hmm. So I just ran with it. My older sister, shout out to you, Rebecca. She, um, she's a really good singer. She would just play a lot of just R&B. Like, Lauren Hill just became like my favorite and I was listening to a podcast the other month just about Lauren Hill. And so it just brought me back to my childhood. Yeah. And so she played a lot of that kind of stuff. My mom sang okay. on the worship team at church. So every week I would hear that kind of stuff. My dad even sang some too. Um Like my older brother would play a lot of like hip hop music. <laughs> and there's sometimes singing in there. So it was really, there's a lot of that kind of stuff. We would have paintings my mom would like knit a lot. Oh. And so I just seen like different modes of art all over. Huh. Just even in my house, but then my neighbors would play some tunes friends that i would meet like i remember having a friend on a ride on a bike ride yeah and i'm like hey what's up he's like hey you go to my school yeah let's hang out went to his backyard started playing with his dog we were singing bon jovi for like a couple (laughs) hours and we're like five or six yeah right and so it's just a whole spectrum of things one of my favorite bands is lincoln park no way yeah it was (laughs) a really really good time
0: oh my goodness
2: great time to be alive
0: great time to be alive so the yeah, that around every corner, it seemed mm-hmm. like there, there, there's the stuff that you hear, the stuff that you see, the stuff that you touch, there's creative things happening mm-hmm. everywhere. So you grew up here, and then you took some time and went to Bible college.
2: Yep. <laughs> yeah. I always forget about that. I'm like, oh yeah, I did. This
0: is wild to me. So you ended up at Steinbeck Bible College. Yep.
2: Now, I
0: took a moment to look at Steinbeck Bible College website. And e. I did not find one person of color.
1: E,
2: yeah. <laughs> on it. Exactly. And every name of the faculty I <laughs> was like Mennonite. Zimer. Penner. Blue and yep. Penner. Weave. Weave.
0: Everest. There are even like hyphenated yeah. Mennonite, Mennonite names yeah. on the faculty. So how on earth did you end up uh. at Steinbeck Bible College, where you got the name Oliver? Throne? Yeah. Is that where? Yeah. It's- Okay, so tell us a little bit. Tell me a little oh, bit about <laughs> how you ended up at this white kid's school. <laughs> yeah,
2: it was. <laughs> so. I don't
0: know the school, I should say. Maybe there no, are people the, of color there. There
2: were? I was yeah. the first one in like three years to like graduate. Wow. Like the first, yeah, black person to graduate. Wow. And then everyone else. I had a Korean friend, all the way from Korea. So they had some, but they were like... They stayed for like a semester yeah. or a year, and then More I was like, like exchange. Exa- yeah, yes. yeah, just really short time. Yeah. So how I ended up there was when I I went to a Mennonite church here okay. for a bit, and one of the pastors was really good to my family, oh. and so when he moved away, we were so heartbroken. We we're like, well, let's go to a black church, guys. And we're like, yeah. <laughs> so we went to a black church, and we just always had like his name in the back of our mind. So we found out. So when I graduated. My older brother, he went to a Bible college in Saskatoon, he's like, it's just good. Just go for one year and then you can do whatever you want. And I was like, Yeah, sure, whatever. So I did that. And then Rob Reimer, the the pastor. Okay. He became the president of Steinbeck Bible College. Oh. And I think he was pastoring a church out there too. So then we found that out, we connected, and then he's like, Yeah, come out. And I was like,
0: Don't do it. So relationship drew you yeah, there, which yeah. makes total sense. Mm-hmm. But I, I, had no idea how. Like I was picturing you, like looking up a Bible college on a computer and being like, "That's the one for me." But I thought, "There's yeah. no way."
2: Yeah, it it was my it, mm. it was my choice to go to a Bible yeah. college, sort of because yeah. I wanted to, but in Manitoba, yeah. where it snows up to your knees, yeah, <laughs> and I'm like. I, An African, it doesn't work well, you know, but it was good. And we also had some family friends that lived out there. So that made it pretty good as well. Totally,
0: totally. And so you see it pretty fondly. Like it was a a, a pretty good time for you. Yeah, because it was like I was
2: 17, just graduated high school, moved out. And I was like, hey, got to pay my own phone bill, but I can't (laughs) still. Mom, got $20. So just a lot of growing up in a way, but a lot of like new experiences because mm. i always grew up around white folk but that was the first time where i was like the only black person mm-hmm. for a while and i'm like this is weird
0: and di- what did you experience anything negative
2: no when? that was a cool thing everyone like i would have conversations like this all the time mm-hmm. so i'd go to church they'll be like hey where are you from i'm like oh
1: yeah <laughs> and
2: my roommate kyle oh, he yeah. would he can attest to this Every single time we would go somewhere to a new church yeah. or an event, someone'd be like, Hey, so where are you from? Yeah. Give my whole origin story. Yeah, I was yeah. born in Uganda, have this many siblings. Da-da-da-da. Calgary, man. Yeah. I'm from Calgary. Yeah, I'm from Calgary. So <laughs> <laughs> that was a big thing. Everyone knows right. I'm from Calgary. Right. And yeah, it was just like, I always had to get used to telling yeah. people about like, where I was from. That
0: is really interesting mm-hmm. that, that, that the, by uh, yeah, like how people perceive difference. And how they want to lean into it mm-hmm. ends up being I don't know if the word costly" is too weighty, but their curiosity of that like yeah. y- is is your story like yes. it's like it's deep for you, mm-hmm. so that you have to kind of keep doling it out to any like white Joe who <laughs> wants to know
1: yeah.
0: is interesting to think about like does is that you know does that look to, and feel different because of you know your your experience of the world
2: Mm. no i think i've just gotten really used to it yeah Yeah. so now it's like whatever yeah but if you asked me like back in 2013 Mm. i would have given you a completely different answer really yeah okay but I, I, i actually enjoy it good yeah
0: who are some of your greatest influences
2: I have a list now. Okay. okay. So we said Elon Musk, we still forever. Still Why? Still forever. Exactly. Because I want to own a business someday. Okay. Multiple actually. Okay. The number two, well, there's no particular order. Okay. But the second guy I would say would be Augustine of okay. Hippo. Yeah. Because North African, North African first off. Yeah. My, <laughs> my brother. And uh he he was he sweat he taught rhetorics or whatever however you say it. Mm-hmm. And so, just his mastery of language, yes. you can really see that hmm. in his books, especially if you have like the right translation of what's the one, Confessions. Yes. That's like my favorite book, still reading it, but it's one of my favorites. Okay. And it's just really helped me to understand you can actually speak to God in whatever way you feel comfortable. Mm. And at least from what I've been getting out of it, and just be honest. And the way that he writes is so poetic. Like, ah. I think I gain a lot of like inspiration writing-wise from him. Okay. Because he's just dope.
0: So influential. Yeah. So influential. I like guy. that you said that. He's my like. DOG. I think sometimes when we throw around these quotes in our circles, we forget like where they are located on the map. Yeah, you so forget the like, context in yeah, which yeah, they came from. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Like that that like hotbed of Christianity in mm-hmm. that time. And my sort of, I've read confessions, but it's been a long time that, uh, earnest, like I was going on this path and it was mm-hmm. uh, so destructive, like that, like earnest longing for yeah. like right and wise living is, I mean, it's the name confession. Yeah. So I might take a look at that again this week and yeah. see it maybe through your eyes a little bit more. Really so do you have any others? Elon Musk, business, yeah. entrepreneur. Um, Augustine.
2: There's so many, but I guess the third dude would probably be C.S. Lewis. He's my other D.O.G. Ah, yeah.
0: Do you have a favorite oh, book or sort of thing that?
2: Yes. You know, story? One of my favorite books is the intro, the prelude to Mere Christianity. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that first little bit, yeah. just the intro, I'm like, just my the mind intro. is bleeding because of how dope it is. <laughs> and then when he gets to the end, you're like, I have to go back and read the beginning because mm. it was just so good. Yeah. So he's my he's uh, my DOJ. Have, you he read, that old guy. have you read
0: Have uh, you read The Great Divorce?
2: Not yet. That's oh, the next on the list. Get your hands actually. on
0: that one. Mm-hmm. It that that one for me like took this thing in my brain and turned it mm-hmm. whirr, to a totally different thing. Uh, yeah, I've also seen it performed as a play, and Where? it also rocked my world. There's a theater company in Vancouver called of Pacific Theater, Vancouver. and it was so cool it was very very cool Hmm. so let me know once you've read that Mm -hmm. i'm really curious to know what you think so you're a poet Yep. how did you discover poetry
2: i think it was because of my older brother and sister okay because and church too yeah um i was maybe anywhere from like five to seven and whenever my brother would play music, we had this mirror in our basement. So me and my younger sister, we would just dance in front of it. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, wow. And then one time I was listening to his Tupac song, or his NWA song, and I'm like, wow, the way that this dude, I didn't know who it was at the time, he's writing really good. Mm-hmm. It would be so dope to write like this. Mm-hmm. So I was like a little schmertz, and then I'm just thinking about like writing. And I'm like, but I suck at English class. Oh, dream dead. And I remember vividly having that. It could just be like me making it up right now. But I think that was a real memory. And I just Mm kind of shrugged it off. Mm -hmm. But I was always interested in the way people use their words in Mm -hmm. certain contexts. So I just would check in on it every so often. And Mm then in high school, my dad... Was like, peace out. So I was like, hey, I don't have a dad no more. So I just started writing down because someone, I think it was like a counselor at school, I was just telling them about what happened. And they're like, you should just like express how you feel, write about how you feel. And I was like, oh, yeah, I do like words. So I just started writing about how certain things make me feel. And it was really like grade nine, 10, 11, 12, where I, I really started writing and taking notes on mm. how to form things. Mm. And that's really where it started. And then it just kept evolving from there.
0: It makes me think of uh, uh, Jay-Z. Yeah? (laughs) He talks about how he would just write bits of lyrics everywhere. Like Mm. he'd write it on napkins. And like little bits of uh, brown, uh, he talks about brown bags, just like writing stuff down and having like little bits of paper everywhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's so many cool things in that story i mean i also love words and poetry and i don't know that i can answer that question Mm. back at myself like where did i get interested in language i think it is something about the what reading does for me which is like i find myself in words like that's where i feel like i know myself so there's something about that like the next phase for that is then finding the words myself like i Mm -hmm. see myself in the or i see my thinking yes this is the thing i have a sense of like deep down in here see see the words on the page or hear them somehow Mm -hmm. and then like my next phase is like now i want to write write the thing uh but way to like Mm -hmm. grab at a memory you know i love that (laughs) this and the interesting thing too that you sort of shut the door, you know, in, in a simple little process in your mind. I like how this sounds. I want to sound like that. That means I need to be better at this thing in school. Yeah. Shut the door.
2: With, yeah. <laughs> you know, that,
0: that, like our little brains can just decide for us in a moment. No, even though there should have always been a yes,
1: mm-hmm. you
0: know? Yes, why not? Why not? You don't have to be like be great at the kinds of essays that they want you to write in school to want to write words of your own, yeah. you know? Th- those things aren't mutually exclusive. Yeah. But that then there was this other opportunity, you know, someone down the road saying, hey, just write it down. Mm-hmm. And you were like, now I say yes to that.
2: Yeah, and I think that's sort of what I needed at a, at a younger age, like just someone be like, hey, go for it you know mm-hmm. permission mm-hmm. invitation yeah yeah just a second voice to be like you yes. do it yeah and w- which is sort of a practice i'm trying to take on nowadays with younger artists i see at shows mm-hmm. i'm like do you write and they're like yeah i'm gonna keep going because mm-hmm. why not or even my youngest brothers like i tried getting them into whatever they want mm-hmm. but they love sports i'm Kay. not sporty so i'm Kay. like go play at the park yeah if that's what you want to do right
0: so. the poetry of our bodies yes. yes that's a good way to put it yeah yeah I, I'm not at all athletic, so Never I long I. for the poetry of moving around the world with ease. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I would love it if you would read or recite. Did you mm. do you have it you have it with you? Yeah, one so of them I remember. Let's head to one of your one of your poems.
2: Yeah. Um <clears throat> okay. So this one is a newer one. Okay. Ish.
0: Do you um, title your
2: Yeah, I do. (laughs) Or at least I try. The title's usually last. But this one I called Introduce because I made a record one day and I wanted to start off with a poem and I wanted it to sort of be like an introduction to whomsoever chose to listen to it. So I called it Introduce. And this is how it goes. I have to introduce myself if I really am myself. Either way, I identify as a self. Self-reliant, self-aware, self-defined, self-conscious, whether made by another or if I'm self-made, I find my identity not in another entity but simply and completely in myself. When really I yes, should find it in my author, not in a degree or in a land that has negative degrees. This is a note to self, not a how-to to get wealth, but rather this is a reminder to be yourself. I really need to start loving things about me. Yet yeah, these people hate me. But there are things I doubt that you don't see I thought I was the dream I was one who was shining when really I'm not as cool as I seem I'm not as tall as I thought A lie is what I bought In a lie I was caught thinking I was the sun Forget I'm nothing but a subject struggling with life's subjects. Subjected to discouragement, always losing my way. I'm not the greatest, I'm not as as swell as I believe. I'm not as deep as I think, but rather I am shallow. And yet I still sink, sinking in a pool of anguish. I'm claiming to love, but I'm not as kind as I may wish. Really, I'm just a midget of a spirit, a misfit, a mishap. I'm losing my head as if it were a decap. I need a little help to help those who need it. I need to see in them what I see in myself. I hope your day's better than mine, and don't worry, I'll be just fine. I'm paying off guilt and working off debt, trying to fight through this fine. But I find that I ain't as deep as I like to believe. As bold as I want to achieve, as wise as I'd like to perceive, I'm still looking in this mirror, who am I trying to deceive? What's the last line? I always forget the last line. I always thought I was someone else than who I really was. I live in this fantasy, and I tell you because you're as sick as your secrets. The end.
0: <laughs> Ooh, I, I wish I was a better snapper. Oh, Snap, 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 snap. Oh, that was really fun. Mm-hmm. I just want to roll through more of them, but let's talk about that one. We, yeah. uh, what was the the spark for it?
2: Uh, I look in the mirror a lot, actually. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the inspiration of this was birthed out of another poem I wrote called Introspective. And I, in the old house I used to grow up in, we had a lot of mirrors in the basement. So every turn you would go, there'll be a mirror, mirror. So I got really used to like the shape of my face. Uh-huh. So now I'm like, that's why I don't take a lot of photos of myself. Cause I'm like, there's mirrors everywhere. I'm always going to see myself. I don't need <laughs> to see it online. So I'm like, whatever. Then there was this one line in that where i'm like i'm looking in the mirror and i said something else just listen to it's online okay okay. (laughs) yeah (laughs) but i talk about uh, looking in the mirror quite a bit and not actually seeing myself Mm -hmm. and so then i just ran with that idea again and i'm like we should make a sequel to this because that idea just randomly showed up in that uh, poem like two times so then i made a third one and i finish it off by saying i'm still looking in the mirror but who am i trying to deceive Mm. because even though i'm looking in all of these mirrors these Mm -hmm. reflections of myself these things that i've done or i'm doing i'm not actually being genuine so really these poems these series of poems that i've been writing are it's like a journey of self-discovery and trying to be more authentic with Mm. people Mm. trying to be more real and just honest Whenever people ask me questions. That's why Mm. this is so fun to me because I'm like, I get to flex these muscles I've been working out on. I'm trying to be like honest, right? Yes. And not hiding behind all these like lies anymore. So that's really what this this poem is about.
0: Some like exposing.
2: Exposing all these things. And a lot of it is just about like the doubts that I have about myself. Like I'm not the man of anyone's dreams. Really, I'm just a regular dude mm-hmm. doing some regular things. Right, right, you know?
0: right. Like the rest of us. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not that great. Right, right. It's <laughs> <Just>
2: another blop. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I think you're more than a blob. <laughs> well, yeah, of course.
2: Each person is like a unique blob. Right, exactly. <laughs> but Beautiful I was like, little blop. Yeah, it was kind of like just me taking the pride, trying to, to mm. dissect the pride from myself right? mm-hmm. and just trying to be normal Emmanuel.
0: Which is a really interesting part of hip-hop culture. Mm. Right? This, uh, grandiosity of image that's mm-hmm. like really present in like making yourself the best the greatest yes. of all things yes. <laughs> so it's in like it seems kind of I, is it too much to say that it's countercultural to do something like what what you did with that poem in, in a way in that? yeah.
2: because there are a lot of artists that do that but then in another song they'll go back and be like oh I'm still the greatest right. but I think that's also just rap exactly. culture like we Want to be honest, but we want to be the best at being honest, you know. (laughs) So that's like okay. I'm gonna
0: out authentic you. Exactly, yeah.
2: (laughs) I can be more honest.
0: I, I mean, I, I want to get to this in a little bit, but it makes me think of the place of uh, rap in culture. I had mentioned to you that I find I, I, Jay-Z really helped. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't say I'm like the most amazing Jay-Z fan or anything. Like mm. I listen to his music, but I really like how he thinks. And because I love books, I read Decoded, mm-hmm. his book, and it, again, just shifted something yeah. for me. So when we think about, I, I think I picked up on this sort of opposite theme of, Rap culture, hip-hop culture like being the greatest because he identified it I mean my memory also I read it years and years ago but one of the themes that stayed with me is that this is what it sounds like to sing like victorious songs when your life has had a lot of oppression mm-hmm. uh, so coming from uh, ghettos parts of American cities that were you know flooded with drugs and you mm-hmm. know all of the really messy Politics of it. There's something so prophetic about like hip hop and rap culture that says like you did, you oppressed me, but I am the like I can sing that I am the greatest, which is was a very Mm different. I wasn't then just listening to a bunch of dudes say that they were effing awesome, you know, all the time. I was like listening to something much more profound that was about, like, this is what it sounds like to sing your victory when you are being oppressed.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Does that, yeah. (laughs) Uh, So it's interesting to think about, you know, what do you do when you turn the tables on that? And then say, actually, it's still uh, strong. It's still strong to sing about my weakness. Mm -hmm. Like in, in the same, In the same genre of the thing.
2: Yeah, I find it really comforting um, because a lot of the things that Jay Z, for instance, Mm -hmm. or anybody else in the hip hop world, we have similar stories. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's just like because we're all like some little black kids from Mm -hmm. a rough part of town. And so we have that. But it's just, it's really nice to hear other people confess their pains, which for someone who grew up in church, always reading about like King David that's they're a lot like king david in my mind mm. where they're not afraid to expose like the dark things that they've done or mm-hmm. be confronted by someone
1: mm-hmm.
2: but also just, like, just be honest and so for me now being an artist and wanting to write about that it's super therapeutic and i, I relate to people a lot more mm-hmm. because of the words that we all write huh. yeah so i really enjoy hip-hop because it tells a story of like you said the oppressed people now coming to victory yeah or even if they're not yet there, they're hoping for this yeah. victory, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I really, really love that. and Oh, I can keep going about that, but I just love it. Yeah. Like, I was watching uh, Hip Hop Evolution on yeah. Netflix with Shad, yeah. and it was really nice because it reminded me of, like, my origins of mm-hmm. hearing my brother play NWA and then now seeing, like, a little segment of that show about them and i'm like what yeah. this is how they started yeah, Sick, yeah you know yeah, yeah and they're just reporting about that's what a lot of them were saying we're just reporters yeah. on the streets just telling what's happening and then right. you listen to their music and they're talking about the flood like the drugs flooding in mm-hmm. and how like their cousin just lost his life yeah or even the one of the best albums good kid mad city because Kendrick Lamar breaks down. I still listen to that with my friend, Darren, and we're like, dude, this is us, even right now, in this moment, and we relate to that. uh And it's like, wow, you know, taking your mom's car, saying, yeah, I'll be back in 15 minutes. Two hours later, you're still with your friend, doing reckless things, and you're like, Kendrick just like said it, and his mom's calling him throughout the album, exactly how my mom would call me, be like, I need to go get like food for these kids. They're trying to eat. I'm trying to eat. And I'm like, ignore the phone call. I'm chilling <laughs> out with the homies. Chilling with the homies. You know? <laughs> so it's those kinds of things that hip hop does. It's like the soundtrack of our lives. Mm-hmm. You hear me? And it's like, dang, other people actually feel me. And I really got to say, I love it when people from church listen to Jay-Z. Because he is literally like, the underdog huh? King, like he he writes yeah. I'm sorry
0: no I'm just, do not stop keep
2: going Jay-Z this isn't actually like a great thing oh no per se go, but go. the fact that he started off on a rough side of New York and he ended up becoming now billionaire is amazing he writes about how he sold drugs but now he's like a businessman mm-hmm. and he writes in the Kanye mm-hmm. song I'm not a like what does he say I'm, I'm a, not
0: a businessman. I'm a
2: businessman at all. Also,
0: That's, my favorite lyric is yeah. write my curses in cursive.
2: I, I love, cursive. love <laughs> that part. Oh, yes. like, oh,
0: my goodness. I love it. So Every good. time my husband is like, you know, like, from across the room. like this is your line. And I'm like, yeah. write my curses in cursive.
2: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I
0: love it so much. I love it. Yeah. 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 So I want to read this Jay Z quote
2: Please. from Decoded.
0: Cause I went back and was thinking about why did that book, why I have it on my shelf and it means a lot to me. And it was because he wrote stuff like this. Also the woman who wrote the book with him has off to her because I think she really polished some mm-hmm. of, you know, it's just so great. I think it was a really good collaboration. So, and this was a part of m- what I found in the way Jay-Z talked about uh, rap. It, I just saw the scriptures in this. Mm-hmm. So, he, so Tell me what you think of it. So he says, hip-hop has always been controversial and for good reason. When you watch a children's show and you've got a Muppet rap- muppet rapping about the alphabet, that's cool, but it's not really hip-hop. The music is meant to be provocative, which doesn't mean it's necessarily obnoxious, but it is mostly confrontational. And more than that, it's dense with multiple meanings. Great rap should have all kinds of unresolved layers that you don't necessarily figure out the first time you listen to it. Mm -hmm, Instead, it plants dissonance in your head. You can enjoy a song that knocks in the club or has witty punchlines the first time you hear it, but great rap retains
2: mystery yes it,
0: it leaves shit rattling around in your head that yes. won't make sense till the fifth or sixth time through it challenges you yes right i was like that's my relationship with the bible
2: like yeah
0: this is how i feel about the bible uh, you shouldn't yeah, yeah, yeah. just get it on first reading it should create all kinds of dissonance, yeah. and it should like knock around in your head, and then you go back again and again, maybe years later, yeah. and it's like there, there it is. There's a meaning for me. Yeah. Like it, what he, it just elevated this art form to me to this mm-hmm. really sacred art form, especially when I think about the prophets and poets mm-hmm. and their role isn't to make your life comfortable. Mm-hmm. It's to disturb the shit out of you.
2: It's confrontational. <laughs> yes. Like a whole first half of Isaiah is basically about that. Right. He's a confronting a whole nation, yeah. Exactly.
0: Get your crap together. Yeah. Treat the poor with love yeah. and compassion. On and on and on and on mm-hmm. and on.
2: That's what I strive to do too. I, I want to be able to like write something that people can continuously come back to. Yeah. Because I don't think that it's good. If I'm just able to give you something, right, 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 and then you don't come back to it, huh? I want to be able to like provoke some thought a little bit, yeah. So that's why I really strive to articulate things in a way that is attractive to people, yeah. So Jay Z's done that,
0: yeah. You had mentioned when we chatted that things that inspire you were family life,
2: yeah, oh yeah, I forgot about that, yeah, yeah, yeah and families. And
0: you said uh, faith in general, like mm-hmm. the whole spectrum of it. Yes. So talk about the inspiration that's hiding out in those places. Or the, yeah, what, what the you kind of. Yeah, so. <clears throat> those passions.
2: So I went to Bible college. Yeah. And there I actually found I wrote a lot more just because I was reading a lot of like ancient stuff. I'm like, they have a lot of good stuff to say. So I would just contextualize that in my own mind and just really reflect on a lot of what these old guys are saying, like Justin Martyr, Mm -hmm. he's an OG, DOG. Tertullian, a lot of random guys, Mm -hmm. I just really found would articulate deep spiritual truths to like, in a really easy way to grasp. Mm -hmm. It could just be the translation, but I was like, it makes sense to talk about God in this way, Hmm. and not just be like, God is a father, but be like, the love of God is beyond anything that you can imagine. It comforts you like how a mother would at night, you know, Ah. just really poetic things. And I really found that if they could talk about God that Mm. way, I could too. And Mm. I feel like that brings a lot of connection, which I really like to do.
0: So if people haven't gotten into poetry or hip hop or rap, what are a few things that you could offer them to, like, invite them into that world?
2: Mm. <clears throat> Take your time.
0: Take your time. Yeah. I like that.
2: That's number one. Okay. Um. F- think about, like, what you like, and there's usually someone in relation to that, hmm. right? Talking about the same thing. Yeah, so take your, like yeah, really I just say take your time because like hip hop is like out of control. It's way too big. Yeah. It's a whole yeah. culture now. And there's just a lot going on. And if you get into the wrong cul-de-sac mm. and you don't pull a U turn fast enough, you're gonna think that's all that hip hop is. <laughs> that's
1: and so a really good
2: image. really take your time and appreciate it as an art form Mm because I did that with country when I was in Manitoba I'm like what is country and then I found out about it and I'm like it's not that bad (laughs) metal too
0: huh just
2: take your time with all the you like metal hey there you go
0: (laughs) yeah and
2: so just and step out you have one life man really go to a hip-hop show there's so many yes come to an an Oliver Throne show if you really like (laughs) (laughs) so there's a lot of Places to kind of get into it, yeah, and there's a lot of facets to hip hop, yeah, too. Yes, Not yes. just the words, yeah, but there's dance and graffiti, and
0: right, all this. which you can really appreciate when you watch uh, yeah. Hip Hop Evolution.
2: Hip Hop Evolution, did you
0: watch The Get Down? Yeah, that first season,
2: <gasps> I yes, loved I it. loved it so good. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> sad that they canceled it. I know but it was great, but
0: it also, if anyone's curious, the first season of The Get Down. Mm. It was such a good introduction to hip hop culture, yep. in terms of like coming out of disco, yeah. and then as this like counter to the, I don't know the vibe of disco. Yeah. I I did not have that clarity no. until I watched. Yeah, and that, the Get that was Down.
2: it. Came at a right time. I yes. feel like because yeah. all these rap documentaries went around. I don't even think that Straight Outta Compton was out at that time yet. I don't think so. Yeah, so then it was really cool yeah. to see just a bunch of kids come together.
0: <laughs> so and, good. The oh, music is so good. So good. I to <laughs>
2: download some of that on Spotify, it's really it was good. great.
0: I also listened to the soundtrack cause yeah. I loved it. And I kept asking people, are you watching the get down? Yeah. Are you watching the get down? If you're like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> the physicality of performance so i watched one of your i went to youtube mm-hmm. i looked for oliver throne found some and there's uh oh where did it i think i made a note of it but you're performing something live yeah. in a video do you remember which song it was
2: per, was that with someone else yes yes that was called bruce banner bruce yeah. banner that was a fun one
0: Okay, so what's so interesting to me is you were like, I'm pretty low-key, but your energy in this live performance was so, like, it, you do, like, a kick. You did some kind of kick. Yeah,
2: people mention (gasps) that. I don't actually consciously know that I do that. Yeah, don't
0: overthink it. It's great. (laughs) It's great. But there's so much, like, really fun energy in that, which I am really curious about the physicality of performance, Uh Uh, from what I do here so there are times when I write something and I can, it's like the beat of the words Um, I like there's beats yeah. in words uh, even this white girl feels it <laughs> you know? yeah. like even my own putting of the words together
1: mm.
0: like there, there are times, Jarev's really good at this like he has really great uh, performance of words that like you know, da-na, da-na, da-na. like they, they yeah. have these ways of landing. And I feel that as well. The physical, yeah. the way words occupy space and like beats and cadence. I would love to hear you talk about mm-hmm. what performance is like for you, like in your body.
2: Performance is probably like, I, I personally would do a performance over the, like releasing a song album any day of my life. Because it's just, it's really like a spiritual moment for me. It really reminds me of like my charismatic days with the black church that my family used to go to, or still does. Mm-hmm. And it's like everyone's just dancing again to the groove of it. And it doesn't even have to be like a, a beat song. It's just you feel the words, the meaning behind it, and you just get into it. So performing really is like that for me, where I really get to feel the words that I'm saying or I've written brings me back to that moment, but also like places me in this place with the energy mm-hmm. of the people to like let loose. Cause I'm like, whatever, everyone's mm-hmm. attention's on me. And mm-hmm. so I just close my eyes a lot of the time and I just like dance. Yes. So yeah, it's, it's sacred because it really does connect you with what's going on. Hmm. And that's why I really, I guess, throw up kicks.
0: Oh my gosh. <laughs> the kick. <laughs> i I have to go back and see this now but i it was also you were really good on a microphone as somebody Mm. who uses a microphone like there was no delay and you like you have the microphone where it should be Mm. so that you you you're in control like you're mastering Thank this you. space, which i love yeah. but i but the energy like i could feel the energy in this performance because of what your body did it's not it matches what your words and your voice and your intonation is doing mm-hmm. which
2: yeah sorry yeah
0: keep you go
2: what what i guess one thing i remember from my past was someone in an interview I forget who it was but they were like i it was a comment i'm not gonna say the artist. Because they're a really good performer, but they're like a big performer. And I guess it's at the end of the show, and this dude's really tired, and he was like, Hey, I have a new song. You guys wanna hear it? So he's just walking back and forth, rapping this song. And it was like a high energy song. Hmm. And in the comment, the number one comment, which was most liked, was, You guys should just put your phones down. There's nothing happening at this show. He's just speaking over a beat, go home. I was so heartbroken. I'm like, dude, Ah. dude, you forget like this is at the end of the set where you're tired because you've been dancing. So of course you're going to walk back and forth. Hmm. And so for myself, I was like, I never want someone to say that about my shows. I never want someone to be like, his shows are so boring. So that's part of the reason why I try to really exert a lot of energy into it. Because it's like, I don't want people to feel bored when they're at my shows.
0: It's like the art demands more.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And why should I just, just be standing here or sitting here rapping huh. along to this beat? Anyone can do that. Huh. You have to do something that's gonna really make people remember you. Right. Whether it's like you're wearing like a whole regalia of mm. awesome things, uh-huh. you're wearing a dashiki, cool glasses, your hair's in a weird way. Just do something that makes you feel comfortable huh. and do it. And so for me, it's like just going wild on yeah. stage. Yeah, that that's really and it,
0: it I don't know, it it connects us somehow mm-hmm. like uh, am I I might not throw up a kick yeah but <laughs> I it, like you being located in your body I I, I is like I can be located in mine mm-hmm. you know and then we're present then mm-hmm. I'm here like I'm like actually this person in this room yeah. with this person you know I think there's I uh, my feet are on the ground I'm like. Yeah. Welcomed to be in my own body because yes. I'm inspired by. I think that's what's. Be, I, I remember seeing, I'm going to name names, uh years and years and years ago, like at a big youth workers' conference, I saw the David Crowder Band.
2: Ooh, Do you yeah. Remember them? Yep.
0: And he is like an interesting looking dude, he right? Is. Like he, especially back then, he had this like really long goatee, mm-hmm. wacky, wacky hair. His really tall parts of his body look like way too big, like his mm. hands. I remember sitting at the back of a room being like that man's hands like the way he held his guitar was just so, but then I had this moment where I was like, he is so different looking. And then I thought, what a truly beautiful human being, because there was nothing self-conscious about
1: him. He
0: was like in his body making music in all of the particularities of him, like looking the way he did, you know, like you said, you might have like big glasses on or whatever. It was like, David Crowder had a look, and yep. it didn't look like any of the other worship, whatever heartthrobs of mm-hmm. the day, you know, spinning records of millions of dollars. Yeah,
2: Phil Wickham's, I don't beautiful, know, yeah.
0: But but here, but I thought, like, what is it? Like, I thought that that man is truly beautiful mm-hmm. in this because he's so present. And does that then? And then I think it freed me in my own beauty yep. to be like, yeah, maybe my beauty doesn't look like it's on a magazine uh-huh. cover either, but he's alive and he's in his body and I can be Bobby in my mm-hmm. body, you know, and isn't that beautiful? That is. That's it. So yeah. maybe that's what's happening when I see you like kick. Yeah. I'm like, Emmanuel's in his body. I'm in my body. We are people. Yeah. And, and that's beautiful.
2: That's exactly what I was about to say. It's yeah. it's the comfort that someone else has with themselves. Yes. Is- then like, hey, if they're comfortable mm-hmm. with themselves, I can be comfortable with myself. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's and this is the way that like the medium that someone's expressing that comfortability with mm-hmm. themselves. And so I could do the same in a yeah. different way.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah. What like to inspire one another. Exactly. And in that way just being yeah. in our lives and
2: to quote Lauren Hill
0: oh, to quote Lauren <laughs> Hill. like isn't
2: this all that it's for like the mm. inspiration of other people mm. you know and I'm like that's probably the highest service I can give to someone at this particular moment in this way be like hey I'm comfortable and I want you to be comfortable mm-hmm. like just do your thing in whatever way that may seem right and I, I feel like that's really loving
0: oh yeah I hope
2: at least yeah
0: that's really loving so let's hear a last poem
2: sure okay this Mm -hmm. one is actually one of my favorites it is my favorite i think and it's called levitate uh this one will be on the record i think right on hey judge i know i'm on trial but let me state my mind before you insert this vial i feel the need to confess that which is on my chest now listen You see, I'm bothered by these Christians judging me for my decisions, for I am of y'all and I love y'all, but y'all are making me feel different. And if I do fall, you sit in awe and you're making me a misfit. See, I'm already hated by the world, don't need to feel that by you. They want to talk about religion, doesn't want to hear my opinion. They want to ask if I'm spiritual, but only to ridicule, relentlessly hating on the actual ritual. And that's fair, they can say what they want, but it's the very words that you say that always cut and haunt. So instead of my trigger words, watch your trigger fingers. Lately, I've learned why people get turned off of religion. It's a flame meant to warm, but it came to burn. For this ain't gossip, for this is related to the very topic. See, I was hurt by a pastor who made me feel like a bastard, told me to follow his ways, yet his path was strange. When I spoke up, he shut me down, and it tasted like dirt. No healing in his lips, for only pain was found. With a busted tooth, I wanted to be healed, yet all I found was judgment to be revealed. Now y'all judge over theological stance, then write them off without even giving a chance. It hurts me and it irks me that my friends will never return. I tried so hard, yet they still left with the burn. From a young age, my thought was given over to something that was taught. But I felt so caught being tempted by this thought. I felt convicted, but didn't feel convinced that this was wrong. I'm being honest. There are honest questions that I have in my mind that I don't want to be left hidden. I want to bring them to light while bringing them to life. For this is my mission, that they may be risen. You see, in religion, I felt no freedom, yet I need him. See, I believe in Christ but couldn't defend my faith And nearly came to an end when I was attacked by a wraith I was an ancient ruin, I was left in ruin Felt as if I was lost to the sands of time They say time heals but rather it's this God of mine With holes in His hands He chose to hold me In Him I'm found, my being made whole His working hands call me to rest Now isn't that just Holy scar-ridden hands of jubilation became the healing hands of every nation. The instrument of his damnation became the tool of our salvation. Now in Jesus' name, I'll choose to meditate thus from here on. Now I'll care nothing about your contra. For Jesus alone, he will always be my mantra. My arrow on the narrow, keep me balanced when I want to get my heart all callous. He softens me and softens the blow in radical ways that I'll never know. And now, an extravagant life in what I ask for. All I want to do is praise my God on the dance floor, the one I cut my hands for. I'll praise him in his sanctuary in hopes that my voice will carry. And I hope they will, for that's my will. And hopefully, I'm in his will. Levitate.
0: <laughs> Ooh, sacred. Thank you. No problem. Emmanuel. Yeah. Such a treat. we just had like a show for two people
1: (laughs) yeah
0: it's been a while so good so good thank you so much
2: yeah thanks for asking my name is john and i help bobby make the episodes for between sundays if you have a chance to see emmanuel perform live please do my goal when we record these episodes is to set up and monitor the mic levels for the most part. But when Emanuel started doing his performances during the episode, I found myself completely drawn in and unable to focus on the job I was supposed to be doing. It was great. Between Sundays is a production of Commons Church and the po- Commons Podcast Network. Bobby Sockold is the host and Jonathan Petkow is the producer. Artwork by Angie Ishak. Special thanks to Emmanuel Simon for coming to hang out with us. You can follow us on Instagram at BTW Sundays. Thanks.